when I started, uh, you know, developing the idea for Caballero and, and, and I was doing this prototyping for the shoes, I didn't say anything to nobody. Like even my closest friends, MIA for two years, like I'm committed to doing this one thing and it's called shoes. That is Alejandro Rodriguez. I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. Alejandro knew nothing about fashion until Brandon Marshall told him he had to get rid of his shoes. That night, he decided to start a clothing company. Here's his story. I'm going to take you back to 2011, uh, where I had uh, my background. I'll give you a little bit of context. My background is in social media marketing and web development. Um, at the time, 2011, I had a celebrity client. Uh, his name is Brandon Marshall. He, uh, he played for the New York Jets, uh, the Dolphins. He's a wide receiver. And for me, it was a big deal because this was my first celebrity client. And so he was launching what, what, is, uh, what he called his foundation Project Borderline. Um, and we were launching it. He had a huge event in, in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And uh, I needed to dress a par. I needed to uh, be there and, and, and show up and, and look good so I can hopefully get more clients there. And it was just, like I said, a, a big deal for me. And I want you to picture me, 2011, I'm 21 years old. I'm wearing uh, an American Eagle shirt, Hollister shirt, ripped jeans, uh, Nike shoes. And uh, I pretty much dressed like a, like a 15-year-old kid. So uh, my wife said, you know, if you're going to go to this place, you got to make sure you dress well. So I ended up going to the mall. I bought a pink uh, button-down from Express. I, uh, I got a nice striped tie. I got some trousers. And uh, my, my beautiful wife at the time, she, uh, she bought me some uh, Steve Madden shoes. Mm-hmm. That looking, looking back uh, now, they were not the most appropriate. And I knew that because when I went to, to the party and I was all dressed up, Brandon looked at me and said, "Hey, Rod, you know your shoe. Oh, you 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 look amazing, man. You look great." And he looked at the shoes that I was wearing and he said, "But them shoes gotta go." <laughs> so then immediately I'm like, "Wow, okay." So he didn't he didn't care for my tie or my trousers or my, you know, or my you know button down. He just looked at my shoes and he said the shoes uh, had to go. And and just to describe to the audience listening, these shoes are Steve Madden's. Uh, First of all, I'm a size 7.5, uh, and the shoes that I was wearing uh, were a size 9. So you imagine the, the, the size difference. That's one. I didn't know my size uh, because normally uh, stores don't carry my size, so I, I figured this out later on. Um, and then they were flat, like the tip was flat. So I looked like I was wearing literally clown shoes. That's exactly what I was wearing. Um, so then after that happened... Uh, at the time, uh, my wife and I used to live in Tampa. Like I said before, this happened in Fort Lauderdale. From Fort Lauderdale to Tampa is about a, roughly about three and a half hours drive. When somebody tells you your shoes had to go, that's all it could play in my head. So I'm driving with my ego broken, and my wife is half asleep. And I, t- you know, I, keep, I keep replaying the whole night in my head. So I looked at my wife, and I told her, hey, babe, just so you know, I'm going to uh, – to start a, a uh, clothing company and she started laughing at me and she's like wait are you are you serious <laughs> like you you dress like can i curse i mean be yourself so, 
so you so you you dress like 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 poop okay um you know you you're not gonna start a a, uh, a clothing company babe that's silly i said okay you know that's fine fair enough so let me actually just let me up, update my wardrobe let me study this whole man fashion thing and let's go from there so she said that's a that's a better idea so for the next three months andrew i started dressing well i spent eight hundred dollars on a pair of wingtip uh wingtip shoes uh, that i got uh on barney's i put them on a barney's credit card and uh i went and i, and I got some trousers i got some blazers and uh, you know i started as uh, i started dressing well and you know something changed uh i started getting more customers people stopped asking me where i worked but rather they would ask me what do i do for a living hmm. and it was just a shift in my life where i started making more money uh, I didn't have to sell myself as much. I just show them what I did or tell them what I did. And they're like, they're interested right away. So after that happened, I realized that the impact that it made in my life just by simply, you know, stop dressing like a 15 year old boy and started dressing like a man. And, uh, you know, I, I was just fascinated with this whole discovery of, of, of dressing well. So I went back and I thought, well, even though I, I, I got the nice clothes, you know, people keep looking at my shoes and they kept complimenting on the shoes that I was wearing. Mm -hmm. So I immediately said, if I'm going to start something, it's going to be now and it's going to be with shoes. So I went ahead and I started manufacturing shoes. Um, I, 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 uh, I called my father overseas. Uh, he's in, he, he was in Colombia and uh, I called my father and I asked him for help. I said, dad, look, I'm trying to start a shoe, a shoe business. Um, I have no idea how to make a shoe. I, I, I just learned how to tie my shoes yesterday. So, uh, you know, I need some help. And just to, to give you some context of my dad, this guy, you tell him to help you and he will, he will make it happen. If there was anybody mm -hmm. that could help me get this started, it would be my father. Nobody else. Believe me when I tell you that. So catch me up so, on your story. This is 2011. Yeah. At that yeah. point in time, fashion <laughs> isn't even on your radar. You, clothing isn't yeah. that important to you. Mm -mm. You have this one moment at this big celebrity event, mm -hmm. changes your whole perception. Like you're saying, you start to see how you're treated differently. All of a sudden you care. How much, how long was that from when you described you're actually, I mean, that night you said, I'm starting a company. When did you actually talk to your dad and get serious about starting it? So it was a, a solid three months after that happened. I started the development, uh, the development aspect of it, like doing the research and that's when I called my dad and I'm like, Hey, I want to start this. Dang. And it took mm -hmm. a year. Uh, it took a year for us to, to even get a prototype because when we went to the factories in Colombia, we kept getting shut. Uh, meaning anytime we would ask them to do samples for us, they would ask us what the, how many shoes mm -hmm. we wanted to order. And when we would say, uh, I don't know, maybe 20, 50, mm -hmm. the door would just shut because this this factory is they're looking for thousands of shoes and they're not looking to help guys that are not asking the right questions either and i understand you know like this is new to us we had no idea we didn't know what we didn't know mm -hmm. so we were just getting no's left and right so it took a year uh, of my father uh he was able to put together uh, a team of people from different uh workshops if you if you will so one workshop will would uh cut the leather the other workshop, which will be a completely different location, will sew the shoe together, and then uh, another workshop will put the sole 
and the upper, the, you know, the, the, the upper uh, portion of the shoe together. And then the last one, we'll package it and then we'll just send them out. So we literally, like my dad uh, hacked a way to make shoes. The only thing was that that didn't last for too long when orders start coming in that uh, that wasn't working out. So like that was scaling yeah. issues. You just couldn't scale it. Yeah, just the scaling part was really tough. And, you know, one of the things that we did was we uh, we took the shoes, the, the prototypes, the first collection we took to New York where Michael Kors actually um, said that he loved their shoes. I asked him what advice would he give somebody who's trying to make an impact in the fashion industry. And he said, continue creating shoes that people will remember. Hmm. So we were we got the Michael Kors blessing in New York City when we uh, we brought our our prototypes to to New York, and then at that point I I already had the, the website halfway done. We did a little bit of pre-marketing, and uh, we started getting sales right away. Our first person that bought a pair of shoes, his name is Evan Gomez. Uh, he's a fashion model um, in LA, and he bought the shoes to get married with. So it was extremely humbling that our first customer was not only a person that we never met before, but uh, it was a person that was buying shoes for his wedding. The biggest so day in his life, and it's yeah, your shoe, exactly. your first customer. So that was our first customer through our website, hmm. and um, it was it was it was on from there. It was on from there. And so when you say on from there, were you still working a full-time job and doing this on the side? When did this, when did this? So I, yeah. So I've always had my, uh, you know, my social media marketing business, my web development business. So that has been uh, the vehicle to continue feeding my shoe brand. And uh, it came to a point where we started selling shoes online. We started going to trade shows uh, and started, you know, selling shoes to stores uh, here in the U.S., uh, we would go to trade shows uh, twice a year. Um, we would go to Vegas to this uh, trade show called Capsule, the, the Capsule Show. So then as we started, you know, selling shoes, all of that money will be reinvested in, in the products and the development of new collections, on the infrastructure of things, the way we are, we, we operate. Uh, since the beginning, I haven't taken a single cent. It's always been... Uh, put back into the business and um, you know it came to a point where I had the opportunity to buy into the factory so currently 2018 uh, I own half of the factory which is a huge accomplishment because we have now the ability to own the entire process I made a great uh, partnership with Nelson which is the uh, the person who handled the, the, the factory back in Colombia and right now we have some some aggressive goals to you know, be the, the world's first um, factory brand direct to consumer where, you know, you buy a pair of shoes, you know, you're you have one of us in our factory making the shoes and delivering it right to your doorstep so we can cut that middle guy and pass you guys past customers amazing savings. So that's where we're at right now. Um, so And yeah. help me like your father, like you uh -huh. said, he I mean, it sounds like both of you just don't take no for an answer where you're not in the fashion world you have this moment and for whatever reason it speaks so strongly to you you decide that night you're getting into fashion and you can make a company and did your father did he is he similar to you that he had did he have any background in manufacturing or anything zero my my dad's background uh is in sales and persuasion 
and he he was extremely persuasive. Uh, he was very likable. He his charisma was uh, I mean I can't even describe. Like this guy would walk in the room and just people would be drawn to him. Hmm. Uh, and I think that that was the reason why we were able to even make the first collection. And uh, yeah, my dad was the guy that would definitely take no for an answer. And after, like, like just to give you, I think there was a middle piece, piece that, I, that I'm missing. Like, during the time where we were making the shoes, uh, unfortunately, I lost my father. Mm. Uh, and my father passed away in 2016. And, you know, it like, this has been a, a roller coaster of, of life events, of business events. And, uh, you know, it was during that time where, I, I, you know, I, there was so much fire under me that I decided to just continue pushing Caballero after losing my father and, and after having a lot of challenges. I mean, you can imagine starting a shoe brand with zero experience is, is definitely has not been easy, but um, but we want to take this to, to the next level and do whatever it takes to, to get there in honor of my father. Of course, that's one of the one of the fires that that uh, that's under us right now. Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss. I mean, I'm glad. I'm guessing this experience brought you guys closer together just by the fact that you're working on a project. So, one hundred percent, it was a blessing being able to share this with my dad. And it's interesting because the way I look at it, Andrew, is you know, my dad. You know, like I, I I'm an immigrant. I'm from Colombia. I migrated with my mother when I was 12 years old. Uh, we migrated to San Francisco, and then we ended up moving here to South Florida. And uh, you know, my dad. Uh, made a huge sacrifice on allowing my mother and I to come to the U.S. to chase that American dream. Mm-hmm. And for him to to allow my mother to, to take me to, to, to give me a better life was mm. just, you know, like, what like what, what guy does that, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he would always tell me, I will never deny to give you something that I can't give you, you know, if, if, that, makes, if that makes sense. Um, so... Hmm. He, he uh, the way I see it is he gave me life. That's one. He gave me the ability to come to the U.S. with my mother. That's two. And lastly, he was the reason in, in the facilitator of this whole Caballero shoe brand. So that's three. So those three uh, are, 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 are huge gifts from my father. And that's the way I I picture him now. And, and that's the way I see this whole thing uh, unfolding. And that's why I know Caballero is going to be a huge success just because there's so much there's so much under uh, the table, if you will. There's so much um, sacrifices that has been made for me to be in this position where I can actually chase my dream. Uh, both, you know, my mother also passed away of cancer mm-hmm. in twenty uh, in 2008. So I lost both of my parents. Uh, and, and that has been, for me, like they, they sacrificed their life for me to be here. So that's, uh, that's the fuel that's behind Caballero Wear. And so from like a from a branding standpoint, this is not just a brand. This is not just business for you. This not only has that oh, family, than that. it has the family connection, but then you have like this personal experience connecting it all of like one thing I've heard, there's four ways you can present yourself to the world. It's what you say, how you say it, and how you dress. There's one more I'm forgetting, but the how you dress part, it seems like that really resonates with you, that that is how you are presenting yourself to the world. And up until that event at Brandon Marshall's, you know, party or whatever you want to call it, you had been mm-hmm. unaware of how you're presenting yourself. And now this has become your passion in life. You said it, man. That was that was well said. 
100%, Andrew. I know nothing about the industry. Like I imagine uh -huh. it's got to be impossible to break into as an independent person trying to do a whole different distribution model. So help yeah. me understand some of the struggles. I mean, I understand you got this unquenchable fire behind you, but what have you been going up against? Well, here's uh here's the 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 real Here's the real deal when it comes to the shoe industry. There is no such a thing as success when it comes to the shoe industry. It's pretty much survival. And hmm. it, it's, it's funny because a competitor of ours actually said that to us. And we didn't believe him until uh, recently. It's true. This is survival. There is no succeeding in the shoe industry. You're dealing with the big brands that will destroy you. But the one thing that I, I feel confident about is you know with all these social media platforms you know people are now connected to people more than ever mm -hmm. and I feel that when you have a unique product and you have something of value and and there's a story there and you can connect with the brand and the core values of a brand I think these big competitions uh, actually help to being a, a, a you know to to differentiate us mm -hmm. you know you see all these other brands and you see this small brand and you might be compelled uh, to buy in a pair of shoes perhaps because it's a unique design that you can't get at a local store which is one of those things that that we strive for is to make shoes that you can't buy at a local store to make sure that you can't buy from our competitors uh, at a price that you can buy at our competitors so you know that aspect of either you're shopping because of a unique the uniqueness of the product or perhaps you're you're buying into the core values of a brand which is you know to become the best version of yourself or perhaps you just want to support uh, a startup brand and, and and you'll be able to be part of the story like you are Andrew like we know who you are uh, you backed us you know our story uh, we know what you're up to and and we just can't wait three four five years later on uh, you know uh, later uh, we'll be able to say you know, because of Andrew, we are here, and you'll be able to say because of me, those guys are there. So I think there's a, a nice, a nice uh, unfair advantage for us to compete with with all these other guys out there. Right, like you have that personal connection with with your brand, and that's that's a question mm -hmm. of fashion I have for you. Is I get that on an individual level where I've seen your story, I've backed you, I feel a part of it. How do you communicate that through shoes or through how? Cause I'm just, I'm not as obviously you're in this, you've studied up on it. Is there, mm -hmm. is there a way that that's obvious to someone or is it just kind of word of mouth that it spreads that, Hey, here's this guy with this story. This is why this shoe is cool. Or, I mean, is it all, can you see it in the quality? Do you see it in the design or how, how do you feel you've incorporated your love of fashion and your story? How does that show up in your shoes? Well, one of the, the biggest things for us was making sure that the shoes that we make are actually made out of high quality using the best materials we can possibly get our hands on and you know that has been important to us because when you buy a good pair of shoes man you just you just feel good there's there's you you vibrate differently you know like you mm -hmm. just feel like you're ready to take on anything that may present itself uh, at least in your own mind right mm -hmm. and and the quality is is the key driver to this so when when it comes to the leathers uh, we buy what is called full grain leathers, which is the, the best, the top leathers uh, you can buy. And uh, everything's done by hand. Every single shoe is literally handmade. If you look at our factory, mm -hmm. it's a, an artisan factory, you know, um, mm -hmm. 
we're utilizing our hands and we're utilizing old machines. This is not like a mass production facility from China. Uh, this is literally you're buying a product uh, from a, a, a factory that has employees that all they know how to do is make shoes. Mm. And that's their passion. That's all they know. And you're buying a shoe that, that's literally crafted with high quality pro uh, materials, but also you're literally having someone physically sew things, something that a machine could easily do, but won't do it as good as, as a person with, an, with two pair of eyes would, if, if that makes sense. So the quality is a, is a huge driving factor. Yeah, it does. And I think that speaks to the, the fashion industry. Like you're saying, the, the mass market may not even know or care that their shoes are made in a factory over in China where it's not, no, it's not, a, it's not a passion. It's just they care about profit margins. And it's about how can we skimp on these materials because will people really notice? And so when someone buys your shoe, you have this dedication, like you said, this isn't just a shoe that you're trying to make money off of. This is something that's changed your life. This is something that is part of your family history. Why would you go about trying to get something that's not going to be good for the consumer when that's your fire and that's your passion? So that to me is, I guess, what as a consumer, that speaks to me like, okay, this brand, you know, maybe I have very little knowledge of shoes, but I do resonate with that story and want this. And it feels like that is what you're selling. That is what wearing your shoe represents to the world. That's it, Andrew. Thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate it. From the business side, it sounds like you're really attacking the owning the whole supply chain. How are you trying to now get this out to more people? Um, currently, one of the things that we are relying on is word of mouth. You know, if, if you found the shoes and you like the shoes, you're going to tell your friends and people are going to ask you if you even if you don't tell your friends people will ask you hey where did you get those shoes and that's one of the things that we get all the time you you wear our shoes that's the first thing people are going to ask you where did you get those what mm -hmm. are those <laughs> and so that's one and then also you know we're doing uh social media marketing we have instagram going on uh you know we're, we're running some advertisement campaigns so you'll definitely a lot of people will see us more as as we continue to invest uh, money into our, our marketing and advertising uh, but we believe that word of mouth will beat any type of marketing you know somebody if, if we're making good shoes and people like them people will find out about them if you have a bad product there's not enough marketing that can save a, a, a bad product so we're confident that the, the more shoes we we get uh, on people's hands the happier uh, you know the happy customers we get the more the brand is going to grow in and we'll, we'll be here until the end of time. And it, it, is nobody going to hang, uh, you know, give up on this journey? I can tell you that right now. You'll see us. And a lot of people will see us. I, it just blows my mind that this has not been like something you knew from age five and you always knew you are going to do this. It's like you had this one moment and somehow that moment just has set the course for like you're saying, you know you're going to do this from here on out. Mm -hmm. Do you have any insight as to why you know, I think the the biggest thing is, I I truly believe that if you if you are like if you're laser focused on something, and and like you're really like laser focused, like there's nothing else that can get on the way, and, and and you're you're really, I think you have to be a little crazy too because you have to believe your craziness, mm -hmm. and you have to persuade other people to believe your craziness too. So 
I think that that aspect of just believing on on what you really want is is I think what what I have taken on uh, that has allowed me to get to this far. I feel like a lot of people that might have that might have experiences like mine where somebody maybe says something about their shoes or they have a crazy idea, mm-hmm. they don't pursue it because I think they are afraid of either failure or they don't think it's possible or they're just not focused on it. And uh, I, I truly believe that if somebody's focused and consistent and a little bit crazy, I think, you know, I think anything's possible. I, I truly believe the word impossible is is just limited by 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 us saying it's impossible. I really truly believe that. And, and I mean, people can call me crazy, but I uh, I really do believe it. Like if you if you want it bad, you'll find ways. We're we're very resourceful. We're human beings. I mean, we're. We're, we we can do so many things. You know, we have uh, an advanced brain. We have hands to create tools with. I mean, mm. it's just a matter of how bad do we want it, and that that is all what it comes down to. So I, I honestly I tell people when they're like, oh, that's amazing what you're doing. I'm not I'm not anything special. I'm I'm a regular mm. guy. The one thing that I say is that I'm consistent. I'm focused, and and I definitely have huge motivation behind me, which I shared earlier with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that adds to it. Yeah, I've heard what you talked about. I've heard Steve Jobs, like he was described that way, where he had this, he had this, he would warp reality, like he had this bubble where he just didn't care. He had a vision, he had a dream. And like you're saying, he then spread that to everyone and it just took off. And it's the crazy people who changed the world. I get yeah, all that. I love that story. You're right. You're I, get, right. I get all that. But what I still don't get is that sounds well and good for the first month. Right, but then when you hit month number two, or you hit the fifth time someone's told you no, or you've called your father and they're shutting down the doors to you because you're not this big company, how do you, how does that not fall apart where you say, well, I gave it a good shot. What kept, I mean, how did you know this was what you want to focus on rather than 15 other possible things you could have experienced in life and gone after? Um, You know, that's a great question. I think there were just too many cues for me. there was too many cues. The fact that, you know, I was able to get my my dad to to work with me, and we had such a great experience. Uh, the fact that that happened with branding. I mean, there were so many cues that I just felt like this. I felt it in my heart, like this. This is it, you know. And 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 you know, I I just honestly I felt it in my heart that this this was the industry that I wanted to mm-hmm. to tackle. And and there was if somebody says no, I always. I always feel that I'm just getting closer to that one yes. You know, like, all right, we got 100 no's. Uh-huh. I know that 101 has to be a yes. It's, it's just a numbers game. And it always it always happens that way. You know, we get 100 no's, but then there's a one yes. So, um, you know, like overcoming overcoming those, I just, I, I know there's there's always going to be a yes at the end of the of the tunnel. There's always a yes. Right, that's Thomas Edison. I didn't. I haven't failed at creating a light bulb. I found a thousand ways not to do it. You that have... is so true, Andrew. That's one hundred percent true. And and another thing is, like when I started, uh, you know, developing the idea for Caballero, and and, and I was doing this, this uh, the prototyping for the shoes. I didn't say anything to nobody. Like even my closest friends, I was I was MIA for two years, <laughs> and uh, I didn't say a word to nobody. And the reason why I did that was. If I would have told you, Andrew, and you knew me at in 2011, and uh-huh. I told you who I was before, how I how, how I dressed before, I should say, because I'm still the same guy. I just dress different. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you would be like, no, there's no way Alex is going to make a shoe brand. It just doesn't make sense. But you don't want to hear that when you are, you don't want people telling you, oh, you can't do it. You don't want people putting things in your head because they're just going to, they're just going to make themselves right. And they're going to put that little seed in your, in your mind of doubt. And you don't want that. So I think being able to just not say anything was the best thing that I did because I know a lot of people would have steered me wrong. Yeah, but that is something I don't know that is explainable because what you're describing for me, and I would assume most people, is just not an experience they've had or they're going to struggle to relate to where this is something like you're saying, you knew your friends would say, this is so not you. Why? You can't do it. Why would you even want to do it? And yet you had like this clarion call of this bell has been rung in this moment. And now you are two years dedicating yourself to this with no support, you know, probably your wife, but outside of that, not much support from any of your friends. And you, you still don't, you just knew in your gut, that's the best explanation you can give us is you just knew in your gut, this was for you to do. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. I think part, part of it too is a lot of people like they get caught up because for the longest time I've always asked myself, what's my passion, right? Like, and we all, I guess as humans, we always try to figure out what's the meaning of our, of our life, right? What's the meaning of like, what, what are we up to? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think for me, I think I, I realized that, you know, that whole like, oh, what you're passionate about or, you know, uh, what is my calling in life? I think it's all up to you and, 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 and what you want. Like, it's all up to creation. I don't think per se there is a a uh, I don't know maybe maybe I'm wrong I don't know maybe I, I don't I don't believe in the whole like destiny mm-hmm. I think it's it's all up to creation and you know sometimes like you know shoes is not my passion I'm not passionate about shoes mm-hmm. I'm passionate about creating something bigger than me I'm passionate about creating something that's going to make an impact on someone's life it's bigger than shoes shoes is just the vehicle right right like shoes is just the vehicle so I think a lot of people get caught up in this whole, what am I passionate at? What am I really good at? I'm not good at making shoes, but I found somebody that's really good at making shoes. You know, so I think I think that part is also like, you know, it's, it's, I have two stories to that because I honestly uh, believe that, you know, we shouldn't per se get caught up in this whole passion. What's my passion? I think you should just uh, get caught up in, in something that you might uh, – you know, you might be happy doing and stick to it and put all your heart and soul into it and it will pop in, in, in without having to give up. I think that's the that's the little key ingredient, like just not giving up and not finding somebody something else that's going to distract you from what you said you were going to do in the first place. Like I'm committed to doing this one thing and it's called shoes and I will not stop and it just has to work. There's just no other way. Yes, and that is hugely interesting to me that what I heard you say was you have these core values, these inner principles, and this is an outward manifestation of that. And you're saying don't go looking on the exterior for what defines you, which is so fascinating to hear that from a fashion brand, right? You're in the clothing industry and you're saying this shoe is a representation of something that was on the inside of me that I had to express somewhere in the world and this is where I'm doing it. And that almost seems counterintuitive to the whole a clothing is how you define yourself. And it's like, no, this is a representation of myself. It's not what defines me. 1,000%.
1000% Andrew. Oh, I love that because it's so like counterintuitive. That's not what you'd expect, but it makes completely makes sense and I love it. So that is, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, you, you know, Andrew, the, the reality is, man, we live in an image-driven world where you're being judged by the way you speak, by the way you dress, the car you drive, and and that's reality. That's 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 the bottom line. You know, if you dress like a bum, you're going to be treated like one. If you dress with a suit, doors are going to open. People are going to let you in in places that you can't get in wearing, you know, flip-flops and a tank top, you know, and shorts. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you know, that's, that's, I think is, is important to know that people are judging you and the least thing you can do is, is, is dress well so then they can get to know the, the real you. And, and I think that's important. Why do you, I mean, do you attribute that at all to your experience of coming to America at age 12, where you have a different perspective? Cause like you're saying, American culture, at least in my eyes, it's like you're saying it's driven by image. It's driven by media. And that is the very industry you're jumping into, but yet you have almost a contrary message to it. Where do you think, why do you think that is for you? Hmm, that's a great question. That's a great question. You know, and, and, and it's interesting because half of my life I, I spent in the in Colombia and then half of my life I spent in the U.S. And I feel there is, it is Colombia and the U.S. is completely different. Uh, definitely, you know, U.S. is a consumption-driven country. Uh, it is is you're definitely um, you're definitely you know in this in this whole you know what you drive is who you are. What you where you live is who you are. In Colombia, it's a little different, but you know, I think with the times now too, and this this whole era with, of social media, you know, people are are changing. Even in Colombia, I would say because mm -hmm. I see Colombia is completely changed to what I was used to growing up. Where it didn't matter what you owned or what you wear, it was about you know the the, the inside. You know, it's, it's who you were as a person. But I think you know maybe you know social media has to do with it. Something's happening where there is definitely a culture shift where people are just you know so focused on making sure they're they're liked and accepted. Mm -hmm. And now because we have the social platforms uh, to validate you, I think you know I think image is just so important now than ever. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. Well, I love, I love the whole, you're in social media, you're in fashion, but yet you are not giving, right. There's depth to what you're saying. There's meaning to mm -hmm. what you're saying. And I think that, I think that resonates like everyone knows you're supposed to be your real self. You're supposed to be authentic, but to actually be it and not just present it is much harder. And so it's. Do you, why do you think you were drawn to almost the opposing fields to what you naturally seem to have? It's just, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating to me that the two, the two fields you've gone into for your work, you have very strong values and beliefs against them. And it almost runs counter to the very industries you're getting into. It really does. It's a little crazy, isn't it? Hey, I love it. No, it's crazy, but in a good way, you know, the Mr. Rogers, but I mean, that's what they said he got into TV because he was so upset about what TV was doing to children and the impact it was having. So rather than be a critic who just condemned it, he said, I want to jump in and create an alternative. I want to give people a better option for how TV could, you know, influence their kids. So maybe that's part of it where you're just a problem solver and it's like, hey, here's these industries that have what I perceive 
you know, I would do things differently, so I'm actually going to, and I'm going to create an alternative. I don't know if that speaks at all to maybe why you're drawn to. Well, I can tell you this, Andrew. I definitely, I definitely get bothered by, you know, a product that costs X to make, and like it just gets marked up so much. And I understand there's so much expenses. You got distribution, you got the wholesale pricing, you got, you know, retailers. But it's just it's so much. There's so much. Like when you buy a product, you're you're buying like you're spending a lot more than what the actual product cost and i definitely i'm definitely driven by you know being able to create something that's that's of good quality but that's also you know easier to buy and easier in your pocket because we're cutting so many so many people out of the of the equation i think being able to have a, a great product that that you're that you feel good in shouldn't cost you a fortune and and i think now with all this social media and, and websites it's, it's now the best time to you know for factories to actually now have give access to products and, and be able to offer good quality products at a, at a great price without having customers to pay so, like a ridiculous amount of, of money I mean it's pretty pretty it's pretty crazy like yeah. I don't buy anything like I have when I, if I buy a shirt, uh, and then the reason if I, I say F, that's because I, I honestly, I keep it so simple. The only thing that I, I got a lot of is, of course, shoes. <laughs> but like with shirts, I keep it very minimal. And it's just, it's insane to me when I see shirts that are just astronomically expensive. And I know there's different qualities to things. There's levels to this quality. But there's, there's I mean, there's just a lot of, of money that we're spending on products that we have no idea why we're spending. Nobody's really questioning, hey, why am I? buying you know a balenciaga shirt for 500 700 dollars like is wow. the cotton really that good or is it like what what is it i don't think we question that and i think we should because you know we work hard for our money we should be able to understand why we're buying things we're buying not just because of this branding uh you know this branding thing that happens but like how much does it really cost to produce a shoe or, or a shirt or I think just asking, why am I spending this money on this? You know, I think that's uh, that that would be great for people to start asking that question. Yes, let's say someone's listening, they hear this, why am I paying for the appearance of success? This has just been commonly accepted as what success means in the fashion industry. You're actually coming along saying, this is how I define success. And they say, I agree with that. Where do they, where do they find you? How do they get your shoes? They can get the shoes at caballeroware.com. And your Instagram is? Uh, it's Instagram.com forward slash caballeroware. Awesome. Hey, I appreciate your time and best of luck to you. I am behind you and I appreciate you sharing your story with me. Thank you so much, Andrew, for having me, man. I appreciate you. stories like Alejandro's, subscribe to Unpretentious Podcast on SoundCloud, Instagram, and iTunes.